Welcome back to ASMR Quest. I am your level one whispermancer, John Tyler. Joined, as always, by I'm your I'm your level zero tingle boy, Ian Fox, and I was I was very close to death there. Um, something that a lot of people I think don't understand about this show <laughs> is this is the one time in the week when I actually drink liquids. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of on this on this um, at this point almost year long cleanse. Um, a liquid cleanse, where I only allow myself to um, drink any sort of fluid or consume <laughs> um, liquidy content when I record podcasts. Um, and so, actually, this sort of this sort of period of the past couple of weeks when we haven't been recording has been a bit of a physical challenge for me. Have you been eating watermelon in the meantime? Um, no, that's not allowed. It's too liquidy. Um, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, the the sort of the rule of thumb that I use is if when I take a bite of something, um, mm-hmm. liquid comes out, then it's too juicy, and it it you know it has to be saved for the podcast. Oh, okay, so like only saltines in the meantime, then. Um, you know, well, there's saltines, <laughs> there's oyster crackers, um, there's Ritz. Most oh, breads, yeah. honestly, um, the very oh, okay. few breads are juicy. I would say. Yeah, that's, that's um, really fair. like jerky. I can I can eat jerky all day long, except I can't because the salt content <laughs> would kill me. Um, well, also I don't have... you're uh, you don't eat meat. Yeah, well, that's, well, actually, John, I don't know that I told you this, but I'm, I'm eating chicken. Well, I would eat chicken. I guess I eat chicken jerky. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big change in your life. Yeah, it's a big change in my life. What what what, uh, what was the catalyst for this change? Um, so the catalyst for me, so, so, uh, but prior to this year, I was a pescatarian. I would, yes. I would eat, um, fish and shellfish and dolphins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the last one actually didn't come up all that often, but I, I sort of always, you know, like I had it in my back pocket. <laughs> um, but now I decided, um, this year because I'm living with some other gentlemen, um, and we, we often sort of cook meals communally that it would be easier if I just sort of ate chicken. Uh, and I so see. my new rule is I, I, um, so I, I don't eat mammals except for whales. Okay. And dolphins, apparently. <laughs> no, no, I've decided to give up on dolphins. Okay. I, I sort of reevaluated that particular decision I was making and I realized it maybe <laughs> wasn't the best one. Um, <laughs> but, but whales are fine. Well, here's my, here's my argument for whales, John. <laughs> Um, and I think it's a pretty good one. Okay. When you you sort of commit atrocities, like, like murder, um, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty undeniable that there is a, an important element of scale. There's, you know, if I kill one person, that that's a bad thing, right? Like, I'm going to go right. to jail or whatever. If I kill a yeah. hundred people, that, that's pretty, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in serious trouble. If I kill, yeah. like, a, a million people, I mean, I'm, I'm Hitler at that point, right? Okay, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah, well, what I'm right. saying, what I'm saying is that so, so, um, the more the more people that you kill, the worse it is, right? Yeah, we can we can generally accept that. So yeah, it's got to yeah. be true for animals too, right? Like if it's bad okay. to kill, you know, maybe it's not bad to kill a chicken. You know, like I I have presumably caused the death of chickens now that I do in fact eat them. But if I was to go and kill like a billion chickens, I think people would take issue with it. 
Mm, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so, to, to my mind, whales are sort of nice in that they provide the maximal amount of food per death. Right? Like That's in, true. Instead yeah. of killing a million chickens, I could just kill one whale. Right. So, so that's why it's better to eat whales than, say, shrimp or um, mm -hmm. crickets. Yeah, actually, I, I do think that it probably should be a crime to eat. Well, not just one cricket. Like, one cricket would be fine. But if you have a meal of crickets, I mean, think of how many crickets that is, John. Yeah, it's a tremendous number of crickets. Mm -hmm. I would guess upwards of 40. Yeah. Also, those, uh, those like cricket chips you can buy made with cricket flour. Just, I mean, if if you do that, you you're going to hell if you eat those. You're certainly going to hell. You're probably also going to jail. Um, I would hope so. But I would not buy those because crickets are too juicy, John. And well, so maybe I maybe I'd snack on some crickets when we're recording this podcast, and I do allow myself liquids. Um, speaking of which. <laughs> oh man, that's good. <laughs> so you know how uh, some people really hate uh, the sound of eating on mic. Um, I imagine that uh, there are even more people who hate the sound of burping on mic. Well, luckily, you can like edit over some fun music to that. <laughs> uh, like, Ian, I you know I'm way too lazy to do that. No, I like uh, to think that you will. Um, also, as, as a quick aside to the listeners, um, I know that we have eaten on mic. Um, and that's because I am not a person who finds the sound obnoxious. Uh, I honestly find it funny whenever people are eating on a podcast that I listen to. Um, mm -hmm. It really amuses me. Just the sort of, uh, like, disdain for the project that they are embarking on. The, like, <laughs> complete lack of dedication. <laughs> it's mm. really enjoyable to me. So I uh, we try to recreate that here, uh, which is why we do occasionally eat while recording the podcast. I don't know that I've ever eaten while recording uh you had donuts while uh you recorded in my i did apartment. have donuts while i yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. a great point yeah we both had donuts on on one episode mm -hmm. well that was a donuts day i don't think that counts that's true that's true it was a donut day donuts day uh, <laughs> a donuts day a do, do, a, no i think a it was donut a donut days. days you're right it was yeah, a donut, donut days, days. <laughs> we were in a daze from all the donuts it's so true it's so true and so sad <laughs> <sighs> So yeah, it's been a uh, big so, couple of weeks, John. Big couple well, of weeks. Yeah. Um, I guess you had something to say. Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, wanted to mention that um, I find it interesting that you've decided to start eating chicken as a result of living uh, with other people who you cook with and who also eat chicken um, as someone who used to live with you. Um, now, this was not really an issue for me, given that we... I guess we didn't cook together all that often, and also I um, was... I think mostly vegetarian at the time, as I am now. Uh, but our other two roommates at the time certainly ate meat. So uh, I suppose I, I find it somewhat interesting that uh, you did not eat meat then. Although, yeah. as I'm saying this, I recall that we were still undergrads at the time, and so most of our meals were at the dining common, which I think is a very reasonable explanation for why you yeah, it was just sort of didn't like, feel the need like to conform sort of, to other people's eating habits. Yeah, yeah. didn't feel like I was, I was sort of burdening them much. That's true, because yeah, we would just walk over to the dining common and then eat whatever we wanted. And if we didn't, I, I was, I think I, I think I basically lived off of avocado quesadillas and tuna eggs. Actually, and tuna, back yeah. on, tuna <laughs> eggs probably were a burden on all of you, but... <laughs> uh, did, 
you eat uh, tuna um, quesadillas quite a bit as well? I would have tuna quesadillas. Or did you only I put think... tuna in your eggs? Um, so tuna would go in the eggs. Tuna would go in the quesadillas. It would sort of go everywhere. Um, oh, okay. But yeah. I think the primary the primary division was avocado quesadillas and tuna eggs. Okay. It was like you I know, guess, uh, avocado yeah, could it, go in the eggs. Tuna could go in the quesadillas, but um, the sort of rightful domains of each of those ingredients were sort of respectively in the quesadillas and eggs. Yeah. Um, I, it wasn't really an issue for me because I also ate a lot of tuna at that point in my life mm-hmm. um, until I eventually realized that it's really probably not so great to eat that much tuna. Yeah, it's probably uh, not good. a for... lot of mercury in it. A lot of mercury. Um, like you have that thing sometimes now where you pee and it's all silvery. It's sort of all. <laughs> it's all mercury. It turns out. Which actually, I've always thought that sort of encouraging because that means at least my kidneys are doing something with it. You know, <laughs> best not to let it just sort of sit around in the tissues. But it's unsettling. Yeah, feels great though. <laughs> Like I was saying, John, it's been a big week, um, a big week for me. Um, I've recently made a big, a big sort of decision. Yeah. Um, I'm going to come out, John, as a sovereign citizen. Oh, no. <laughs> it's true, John. <laughs> yeah, I understand you were, uh, you were reading about sovereign citizens today. Well, Nate told me about them, and I thought, you know what? Oh, so did I'll... you only just learn about them? Mm-hmm. Did not okay. know they existed. Um, so I started looking up stuff about them, and I found this sort of manifesto, I guess I would describe it as, and I got to read um, some of the sovereign citizens' philosophy, and I thought that it was interesting, and it sort of spoke to me. Okay. So the basic idea, John, is that um, there's a hierarchy of laws, right? At, at the top are the natural laws, like the you know, physics okay. and... And biology okay. and all that stuff, and you can't argue with that in court, right? I can't, I can't have the Supreme Court say it says you know the sun sets in the east or whatever, right? It's okay. just not allowed. Um, right well, below that, I think um, certain lawmakers would beg to differ that you you can, in <laughs> fact, try to regulate the natural order of things, but <laughs> you can't uh, change time, John. You can't say, oh, it's suddenly it's it's one a.m. You thought it was two a.m., but it's one a.m., John. That's not natural. Um, but anyway, below that are commerce laws, sort of laws governing the exchange of goods and services. Um, and it's important to note that commerce laws are sort of more primal and thus have primacy over, um, judicial laws. So, or like, you know, laws basically governing, um, conduct and contracts with the government. The basic idea then is that, um... Every individual in their capacity as a an entity capable of performing commerce is a sovereign. And these sovereigns are not necessarily subject to the uh, laws and governances of the uh, United States. <laughs> uh, and then by declaring this, it sort of just <laughs> happens that you are now you are now a an independent entity. Um and really <laughs> It's it's, it's a, in in many ways I think a sort of beautiful um, system of belief, <laughs> um, in as much as it is delusional. <laughs> it's very delusional. Well, but I think it all uh, it all comes to this idea that that you know you, you take your average Joe and you show them the tax code or something, right? 
Mm-hmm. And it's like a million pages of just arcane gobbledygook. Okay. And they all, they, they see that, you know? And, and I think it probably gets to a point where you're like, well, you know, it seems like my life is being governed sort of by this black magic that, you know, at some point I get, I get, you know, terse letters saying, oh, you gotta pay such and such dollars to the government or whatever because of blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. And they just sort of copy it. They're just like, well, okay, fine. I can, I can just spout nonsense too. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, you ever, you ever think like, what right does the government have over me? <laughs> um, Where do they get off? And I feel like, I feel like you're giving sovereign citizens a little too much credit. Um, well, I would argue of- <laughs> that sovereign citizens are by and large just crazy people. Uh, just extremely delusional. Um, I believe the FBI has called them, like, the greatest threat to America. Um, and I also believe that a very, very large percentage of sovereign citizens, uh, because they believe that the law does not apply to them, break the law, either, you know, well, uh, hold on, law or How can you break the laws. law? How can you break a law <laughs> that doesn't exist? Here's what you don't well, see, understand, that, John. That's what they try to explain to the police. In 1967, the United States them. began passing the Universal <laughs> Commercial Code, and this is the, the because this is the the uh, the document which governs commercial conduct in the United States. It is the primal and only form of of real law, and so you just need to know this code, John. Um, it's applicable in all states and territories in the United States, and yeah, it's, well, it's yeah, pretty good. Uh, if you really dedicate yourself to being a sovereign citizen, um, I just you know I-, I want you to know that in practice, you are probably going to either uh, not pay your taxes or end up just like uh, threatening someone with a gun over something very dumb, and the police will show up, you will try to explain to them that you are a sovereign citizen, they will arrest you because, uh, that is not a real thing that is recognized by the U.S. government, and you will end up in jail, as has happened with many sovereign citizens, because they are asshole nutjobs, uh, and... Well, here's your sovereign citizen does not apply to them. Here's your sovereign citizen fact, though, John. Okay. Um, the uh, Southern Law Poverty Center um, estimates that there are 100,000 sovereign citizens in the United States. The IRS, they receive 100,000 of these these sovereign citizen letters each year, basically being people saying, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not subject to your taxes. Um, which is because, I mean, from what I gather... The, the fundamental argument made by the sovereign citizens is this idea that you, know, you sort of have... So, first off, they believe the United States is a corporation. The United States basically incorporated itself back in 1860-whatever. Okay. Um, and so now the government only has the sort of legal authority that a, a any other company like McDonald's would have. Um, and that you yourself, your public entityhood, is a corporation. But... Your actual personhood is a separate entity. So you, you've got your, your there's the there's the flesh body John Tyler and there's the legal entity John Tyler, and you can basically sign an agreement between your flesh body and your legal entity, where your legal entity becomes subject to your flesh body, which grants you all forms of um, legal immunities. Because of course, you know, like when you are interacting with the law, it is your legal entity which is interacting with that. But your flesh body is in control, so you can just walk out of those jails, John. 
They can't I'm, stop you. I'm concerned that you've done so much research into a, like, I guess a philosophy or lifestyle. I don't know what to call it, but whatever it is, it is almost universally reviled. It really is. And I I'm think cons- what I, but John, what I love about it so much is that it is, it's, it's, it's just so arcane. It's like I could I could see like, you know, some sort of weird used car salesman type guy, slick back hair or whatever, trying to fast talk his way. There's a hundred thousand people, John, who buy into this. People sending all these fake form letters and whatnot and signing like Wouldn't it be incredible if a hundred thousand people like really understood our legal system and had sort of well developed ideas about jurisprudence and all that? I think that this you know, I think that out of all the kooky nut jobs out there, um, sovereign citizens, I'm actually not going to, because I don't know anything about actual sovereign citizens, but I think maybe it could be a path to sort of understanding legal philosophy. I'm pretty sort of sure it's not. our place in a sort of increasingly alienating system. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is the opposite of that. It's pretty sure most people who've declared themselves sovereign citizens actually have very, very little understanding of legal philosophy or the law, and are just, like, total idiots. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, I can dream. Uh, uh, do you want to move on to the... Actually, I guess... Uh, now would probably be a good time to. You're right, John. Now uh, would be a listeners. good time to officially state my commercial security agreement. This non-negotiable, <laughs> non-transferable security agreement is made and entered this day of November seventh, twenty seventeen, and before between Ian Gardner Fox here and after debtor organization number. <laughs> I think I think this would be a good time to talk to the listeners about some changes that are going to be occurring uh, in ASMR Quest. We are now primarily um, a success um, podcast. No, that is not true. We are definitely not that. Uh, no, the the change I'm referring to, uh, listeners, is that um, Ian and I have decided that uh, this should be, or, or we've decided to start releasing ASMR Quest every other week rather than every week. Um. Uh, the biggest motivation for this, uh, as you probably have noticed, is that um, there's not that much to say about ASMR on a weekly basis. Sort of when like you get you... right down to the brass tacks of the ASMR news that, that goes on is that there's a lot of ASMR videos coming out. Yeah, there's very little news and developments. If you go to YouTube and you type in ASMR and you click the little news tab, um, you're gonna find a lot of stuff that's, like, two months old, and also, like, a lot of the new stuff is just going to be the same as all of the old stuff. It's just, what is ASMR? And then it tells you what ASMR is, um, something we did on the first and or second episode. Um, so it's kind of difficult to come up with stuff to talk about every week. Um, so we're planning to release episodes every other week. Uh, I think they're probably going to be longer, uh, for the most part. Um, so we're still going to try to get you... Certainly not going to be higher effort. Yeah. That's my promise. uh, (laughs) Longer episodes. Uh, maybe funnier episodes. 
Um, but probably not, uh, or certainly more rambly episodes. Uh, we're not really gonna give you all that much more knowledge. It's just that it's gonna come to you every other week instead of every week. And so it'll maybe seem like we actually have something to say. Uh, versus if you recall maybe the sort of pre-Halloween episodes we were releasing, uh, where <laughs> they were very short because we just were completely out of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me tell you those Halloween episodes, those spooktaculars. I yeah, think they, I think they had legs. I think I think they were pretty good. I was pretty happy with how those turned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I, I think our listeners were as well. At least the handful who exist handful? and who. Oh man, a, a handful is maybe an overstatement. <laughs> well, when you look at any given person, right? Like I, I would, ha- I would be hard pressed to put any person, any like singular person, in my hands. That's a fair point. Yeah, I would say it's more than two handfuls of listeners in that case. Wow. Um, How many handfuls I, do you think you are, John? I don't know. But I, I I would even venture so far as to say that the number of listeners that I have heard from with regards to... Uh, or that Yeah, the, the, I have heard from more listeners that they liked the Halloween episodes than I could, like, pick up on my own. I don't think wow. I could hold all of the listeners... Who told me they liked the episode? Just the legally Halloween speaking, episodes. I don't think you could. <laughs> I legally think that would speaking, probably be like assault or <laughs> harassment or something. Uh, well, presumably, I have their permission. <laughs> I don't know, John. Did any of the listeners? So, I mean, presumably, they they let you know this, they, they like, enjoyed the episode. Did they say that you could also pick them up? Because I don't think they did. Okay. In this sort of uh, hypothetical scenario. Where I am picking them up, and mm-hmm. I am physically—they are physically present. Mm-hmm. I would have made sure to get their permission before attempting to pick them up, and I am pretty sure that I would not be able to pick up all of the listeners who told me they liked the Halloween episodes at one time. Individually, I think I could probably pick them all up, but that's okay. you know that, that's besides the point. Listeners, I just wanted to share that that update with you. Um, you know if. There ever comes a time where there is, in fact, enough ASMR stuff to talk about on a weekly basis. Maybe we'll go back to the weekly format, but for now, <laughs> imagine some sort of like quickening type situation where suddenly yeah, ASMR know. just like. Hey, I uh, mean, like seven years ago, the term didn't even exist. That's, you know, that's it's a fair point. gradually becoming a bigger and bigger thing. Maybe there will come a day when it's possible to do a weekly ASMR podcast. But for now, we're going to be an every other week podcast. Ian, are you ready for the indulgence corner? Oh, John, I am on the edge of my seat. Oh, well, here we go. Let's take a quick look over at Twitter. Uh, so, um, a a certain uh, classiest miracle sent us. A, a tweet or tweet retweeted at us a tweet from Kate Leth, uh, me three years ago. Holy shit! There are whole communities in Japan of people that watch strangers eat on YouTube. Me now, ASMR is normal. So I think that that sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how there may come a day when it is possible to do a weekly episode or a an ASMR podcast that comes out on a weekly basis. Uh, but for now, we're not we're not there yet. But we're in the lean. You know, Kate time. left we're in the winter of ASMR. That's right. That's right. 
Or is uh, it? Maybe I think we're maybe spring. getting into the late winter. I think we're getting into the late winter, but we're not in the early spring yet. Okay. Uh, but someday will be spring. The flowers will be in bloom. And uh, then it'll be summer one day, and we'll all be rollicking and playing in the at the beach. And then it'll be fall, and the leaves will be falling off the trees, and then it'll be winter again. That's just, you know, that's just how the seasons work. Would you describe um, yourself as having a dream of spring? A dream of spring? It's a, it's a reference, John. It's yeah, reference. I, I figure it's a reference. Is George it, it... R. R. Martin and the, the Song of Ice and Fire. I Is it the name of one of the books? It's or... going to be the name of the final book, John. When oh, will that I... book come out? Never. The answer may surprise you. <laughs> the answer will not or surprise not. me. The answer is never. Oh, it's, it's never coming out. Oh, we'll see, John. If it does come out, that will surprise me. <laughs> Well, just you wait, John. What if that's the book? What if... Okay, so hold on, John. I've just come up with a theory. What if that book has as a very prominent element as a sort of resolution of all of the problems of Westeros, ASMR? What if that's like the weakness of all the White Walkers? (laughs) And that's what makes ASMR really mainstream. Well, I mean, that's really going to suck for everyone living in Westeros because they don't really have any platform to distribute ASMR. And they've got magic, kind of, right? I mean, there's got to be some sort of magical way to distribute ASMR. I don't know. I feel like they... I mean, I feel like the only way, really, to distribute it is sort of just personalized, one-on-one, physical presence ASMR. I don't... Actually, that's a good point, because, you know, we sort of have a fantastical intro to this podcast, right? Where we sort of talk about the ASMR quest, right? And you're... Yeah, yeah. Whispermancer and Tingle Boy, all these all these right. magical races. Um, so my big question for you, John, is mm-hmm. if you could cast one ASMR spell, what would it be? Um, hmm. Um. I mean, I guess if there was like a spell to like just give people ASMR, like I mean, I feel like that's. I don't really know what other spells there would be, I suppose. Mm. But I guess just one to give people ASMR would probably be sort of the the, the ASMR spell. That would probably be the, the big one, yeah. I mean, maybe there's spells that cause sort of like ASMR-type triggers to occur. Like maybe... Yeah, I guess, yeah. Those, those would be pretty lame spells, but like oh, in comparison... A, a, a spell that gives you a cranial nerve exam seems pretty intense to me. <laughs> It is a very, you know, in-depth uh, medical treatment. Uh, totally Maybe. I'm not sure if it's real thing. or not. I don't think it's a real so. thing. Cranial I mean, certainly, exam. the videos I've watched would not lead me to believe that it is a real thing. Like, I can't imagine what, um, what sort of, uh... Like, like, what the the purpose of that would be? I don't know what they're trying to glean from, sort of like, tapping and massaging your skull and everything. The cranial nerve exam is part of the neurological examination. It is used to identify problems with the cranial nerve by physical examination. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Can assist in testing the vestibular cochlear cranial nerve. That's just I wonder like, if that's it has a sentence. any Can resemblance to the ASMR cranial exam uh, role plays, though. 
Um, well, so so I'm looking at this um this Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and the Wikipedia page is essentially a list of components. Um, and each component is just something. So, like, there's the optic nerve, the olfactory nerve, the oculomotor nerve, and how you how you test those. Um, and then there's just the next section right after that is saying that it's popular in ASMR, and that's the Wikipedia page. So I'm not sure actually that this is real. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a this is a fascinating Wikipedia article that I've stumbled across here. It sounds like there's a lot of details. There's a lot of details. There's a lot of stuff on the talk page. Um, <laughs> it's been nominated for deletion. <laughs> Uh, I think maybe we should do an episode about that page at some point. I don't know so that we could. Don't we spoil could. it for me, see. Ian. Okay. <laughs> but I guess they are. They it might be real. It is plausible right. that cranial nerve examinations are real. All right. Well, well, we'll just do an episode about cranial nerve exams at some point. Okay. And that can be one of the things we investigate. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking um, of investigation, John, I think you've delayed us for long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the. Indulgence Coroner. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we also got a uh, get a tweet from at Chili Rhythm, Danny D. Uh, he said, at ASMR Quest, oh man, what a goddamn Indulgence Coroner. Podcasting at its finest. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag cheers. Hashtag ASMR me. Uh, that was in response oh, to nice. part one of the Halloween spooktacular. Oh my, John, I've never been so excited uh, to hear a hashtag, because hashtag ASMR is catching on <laughs> in a big way. Yeah, I think he also really enjoyed the Indulgence Corner where I talked a lot about him and just sort of delved into his life and who he was and mm-hmm. is. Uh, and, and then he yeah. also said, uh, also, I'll get right on that $25,000 <laughs> trivia contest at, uh, at Chicago's Bar KCK. A little cross promotion, because a long way. So I told him that uh, we'll sponsor it to make it official. We'll give him one dollar. That would be, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I told him it would be a slightly better joke once part two was out because this was when part one was out when we had not announced the uh, ASMR GB or GB's uh, winnings for being the uh, Halloween winner, the ASMR Quest Halloween winner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she has not reached out to us yet, but you know I'm sure she's to just a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, she hasn't claimed her reward of one dollar. Uh, she probably, you know, just you know, maybe she just doesn't think it's real. It hasn't sunk in yet. She thinks like, wow, it, it can't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, ASMR Quest is willing to, or has named me the ASMR Quest Halloween 2017 winner. It's a it's a huge, uh, it's a huge honor and a huge prize, and mm-hmm. I, she just isn't ready to accept it yet. Well, it's very important to remember, John, that when you when you get these sorts of big awards, there's a lot of things mm-hmm. you should do, right? So you yeah. shouldn't publicize it at all. So the fact that we were just sort of going and saying their name and stuff is, is maybe not the best for her. Um, do you have to uh, sort of claim it anonymously? Uh, like set well, up a trust so, for yourself for it? Um, I mean, yes and no. In terms of the money, yeah, you do want it to be anonymous. In terms of the honor, though, mm. like... It, you know, like, you wouldn't want Oscars to be anonymous. If you win an Oscar, you want everyone to know. Or a Grammy, or a Tony, or an Emmy. Uh, you know, you, you want everyone to know. That's why it's broadcast. You uh, ever notice how, like, like, Oscar, and Tony, and Emmy, they all just sort of sound like first names. They do. Emmy is more like, uh, like Emma, but... Yeah. 
just that's the end of that observation. <laughs> okay, great. Very, uh, very interesting. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. So I, um, so that's, that's more or less the end of the Indulgence Corner, but I do have two sort of um, spin-offs, I guess, at the Indulgence Corner. Whoa. Uh, the first um, is I was, I was listening to Regular Girls before we recorded. Um, Regular Girls is uh, a podcast hosted by Renee Young of WWE fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, a comedian friend of hers, Stacy McGonagall. Uh, and in this particular episode that I was listening to, Stacy was talking about how she had done a comedy show re- uh, this past week, and that a fan of the podcast, Regular Girls, had shown up at some point, um, and mentioned that she was a fan of the podcast and was talking to Stacy, and was clearly a fan, and um, was being like really cool about it and everything. Uh, and Stacy, however, was not really being that cool about it. Uh, she was very excited to meet a fan of her podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of her friends asked, uh, if, uh, they wanted any pictures. And the, uh, the fan of Regular Girls was like, oh, you know, that'd be fine. You know, like, sure. And Stacy was very excited and definitely wanted pictures. And I feel like I would react similarly if I ever met someone who listened to ASMR Quest in real life. Um, like, you know, to them, just like, you know, I'm sure they'd be real cool about it. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I enjoy the show. It's great and everything. And I'd be like, holy shit. Someone listens to my podcast. I need a record of this. I need, I need proof. I need to celebrate this moment. Like, meeting someone who enjoyed our podcast would be better than meeting an A-list celebrity. Yeah. I feel. Well, maybe for you, John. I think the the issue for me is that my my personal sort of comedic stylings, I think, tend to sort of inspire like dogmatic devotion. And so my concern is that I'd meet I'd meet a fan, and they would just be sort of hanging on my every word. Yeah. Um, and really, like Ian, how can I how can I serve you today? Um, so yeah, you, you prostrating themselves before me and all that. Yeah, you are sort of like a cult leader or a self-help guru or something in that way. <laughs> yeah, it's really... Um, you know, I feel myself your, your hashtags of... are trending. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Jobs actually... stole the idea of the Apple iPod <laughs> from from this podcast. Um, yeah, and, th- and that was largely you. I've I've got to admit, like, you know, I I'm sure my ideas helped, but it was mostly you who came up with the the iPod. Yeah, so you're sort of, you're sort of the Wozniak to my jobs, you know. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You've got. You've also are more bearded than I am, so that's sort of two ways in which the relationship holds. <laughs> um, and you're not dead. Yeah, uh, which is it's great for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great for Steve Wozniak as well, who I, I mean, as far as I'm aware, is not dead. I don't really uh, he is follow not dead. his his life, or all he that wasn't much. as of the recording of this podcast. <laughs> I hope it's still true when we release this. And I hope it's still true for quite some time afterwards. But how long, like, at what point would this eternal life of Steve Wozniak be a curse? Wait, are you saying that we're cursing him to eternal life? Or are you saying, like... No, 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 we're cursing him to immortality, John, because you're saying that you you are you are sort of laying a curse upon him where you are, you are saying he's never going to die. No, I'm not saying he's never going to die. I'm just saying that I hope he doesn't die anytime soon. Um, 
like after us talking about the fact that he is not dead. Okay, so when is an acceptable time for Steve Wozniak to die, John? <laughs> well, I don't know how old he is. Uh, it's probably like 50 or 60 or something. Okay, well, I feel like, you know, he's got another 50 or 60 years left in him. 50 or 60 years? He's a very old man. I, you know, uh, things are going pretty well for him, I'm sure. Like, I bet he's in great health, and, you know, medical uh, technology is just going to keep improving. Well, you heard it here first, um, Steve Wozniak, if you're listening. We have granted you 50 to 60 additional years of life. <laughs> great uh, news for you. Them, um, please uh, tweet at us. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so then, you know, I also wanted to uh, uh, talk to you about. Also, uh, your your hashtag ASM Army is trending, mm-hmm. uh, which is great news um, mm-hmm. for you and for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great news for the podcast. Uh, I was I, I don't recall if we've ever talked about your other really important social media uh, work, uh, mm-hmm. social media hashtags and trends on this podcast. Um, in particular, I'm I'm thinking about your uh, sort of spooky ghost movement, which is a little more recent, and your uh, you know long lived, very successful uh, hashtag like yourself movement. Yeah, so the hashtag like yourself movement probably doesn't we probably don't need to talk about because I think everybody already knows about it, right? Because you know how can you probably love yourself if you don't hashtag like yourself? Um, please, yeah, like I mean it's like the ice bucket challenge. It's it's comments. old news at this point, but mm-hmm. it's still I think we're mentioning that yeah you should always like your own uh comments and posts on social media mm-hmm. uh, or yeah i guess now on facebook you can react to them in you whatever can. manner you feel is appropriate and i feel like these reactions do sort of fulfill um the the um they sort of fulfill the i'm blanking on the word they're, they're the same as liking yourself you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yes but yeah, uh, you, you have to like yourself to hashtag. Lo- you're, you have to hashtag like yourself to hashtag love yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the hashtag love yourself part so much. That's not. That's not. But yeah, it's really about the like yourself. Yeah. You just gotta. You gotta like your own um, posts on social media. But so this is this is a sort of the other one is a sort of hotter, um, maybe not quite quite viral social media movement yet. Um, well, I, I would I would say not quite as viral. Yeah. I would say it's, 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 it's certainly gone viral. But, mm-hmm. it's, but it's it's not, it it's still has yet to it's yet to hit that real peak of maximum popularity. Yeah, but it I, has, think, it's I feel like it's time is coming. Um, oh, certainly. So this is hashtag give up the ghost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like to enjoy the new branding of it. Um, I really do. <laughs> for many years now, um, and by that I mean I think last year, and, and I think that was probably it. Facebook has modified their reactions to be seasonally appropriate. Um, and in particular, during the Halloween season, the wow reaction was replaced by a spooky ghost. Um, however, mysteriously enough, spookily enough, this <laughs> Halloween season, uh, how many spooky ghost wow reactions did you see, Junks? I did not see one. Nor did I, despite my best efforts, to try to give one myself. I gave many wow reactions, but I did was incapable of giving a single spooky ghost wow reaction. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really important as as these sorts of you know, as the, the big tech companies, Facebook, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, all those people, as they grow in sort of financial and governmental power. 
we need to make sure that we, the people, um, take a stand against them. We let them know <laughs> that, that we know what our rights are. And <laughs> Facebook, it is my right to put spooky ghost wow reactions on Facebook <laughs> a couple of days around Halloween. I'm not asking for all of October, okay? I, I get it. I you, you can't you can't be giving me the spooky ghost like you know. I, ideally, it'd be August um, through the end of December. That's sort of my my <laughs> ideal window. But I understand that for some people, that's too much. Um, I am willing to accept the last three weeks of October and first week in November. Um, and Mark Zuckerberg, I am willing to negotiate. You can reach out to me. <laughs> you can tweet at us. If you're listening. You want Mark Zuckerberg to tweet at you? Uh, you will not accept Facebook, uh, any sort of messages over Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg, you must tweet at Ian. Well, unlike um, some social media founders, Mark Zuckerberg did not friend me the moment that I created an account on his platform. So, his loss... <laughs> man john we're really touching all the tech titans today aren't we oh we really are we're taking down these tech fat cats mm-hmm. next is tech elon fat musk really doesn't have the same sort of ring to it as like uh you know the, these like hollywood fat cats or wall street fat cats yeah you need at least two syllables to call someone a fat cat or two syllables preceding fat cat. These technology like, fat cats. That one doesn't really work that well either. These dirty technocrats. I guess they're not really technocrats in the <laughs> the meaning. Of it. But it's got techno in the name, right? That seems appropriate. I, techno fat cats? Techno fat so cats? Like, <laughs> that's, that's a dance, probably. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to think about it some. Um, but yeah, so uh, remember... Listeners out there to uh, hashtag like yourself, like your comments and posts, um, and really try to put the pressure on on Facebook and the Zuck to bring back the spooky ghost. Because yeah. they already have the, like, they, they did it last year. Like, they didn't throw out the reaction image, right? Like, unless it's some sort of disaster, they're trying to cover up where some intern accidentally deleted all the spooky ghosts that they had sort of stored away, um... And they couldn't make new ones in time. In which case, I sort of understand why they're, why they're keeping it quiet to cover up the, the embarrassment of it all. But I don't know, John. It's just, it's troubling to me. It's very troubling. The lack of transparency is yeah, something is that people upsetting. talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I have a, another thing I'd like to bring up that I think will help segue us from... Uh, that will be a nice transition from the indulgence corner to the side quests. Okay, let's let's get on that segue. Oh, just uh, one, one today, side note, John. One segue oh. that segue. One <laughs> thing I learned is that the creator of the segue at one point declared himself a sovereign citizen. Really? Maybe. I saw it on the sovereign citizen Wait, subreddit. Wait, you mean Dean Kamen? Yeah. No. Dean... He's definitely way too smart to call himself a sovereign citizen. I think it was done... Well, so I've just looked up um, Dean Kamen, sovereign citizen. The first two results are, in fact, um, Reddit links. 
the inventor of the Segway as a sovereign citizen. There is a Today.com thing. Welcome to the secret island of an eccentric citizen. A genius. And, uh, so, I don't know. Um, it seems unlikely that this is a real story. Actually, yeah, I, I'm more inclined to believe that he lives, er, like lived on some private island and declared himself like his own nation. I guess that I could possibly see, but I, I, there, there's no way that he's just like hanging out in the U.S. somewhere, being like, "Oh, yep, I'm my own country." Mm. Oh, so yeah, he he did declare himself an independent and sovereign nation, um, but I don't think he declared himself actually like a sovereign citizen. Hmm. How did you know about Dean Kamen? I, I never like really heard about him. Is he like a is he like a big? Oh, boy? he's a pretty big deal. Uh, well, he invented the Segway, but he, that, that's sort of his, like, least useful invention. He's also invented a lot of very important medical devices. Um, I think he's the founder of First Robotics, or, like, one of the founders at least. No, I think he is the founder of First Robotics, the, like, high school robotics competition. Um, <laughs> he's done a lot of stuff for, like, education. Um, he is not yeah, as he... rotund as I thought he would be. <laughs> Figured because he invented the Segway, he would be. Well, I, mean, I don't want. I don't want to cast aspersions, but <laughs> but no, yeah, he's he's slim and trim. <laughs> yeah, he is. It's true. Yeah, it looks like he's done a lot of real stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a big deal. He also lives in a hexagonal um, shed style mansion. <laughs> In New Hampshire. Actually, the fact that he lives in New Hampshire does make me think that he probably is a sovereign citizen. Yeah, I see. That's, that's fair. Not to cast aspersions about people from New Hampshire, but it is the live-free-or-die state. I am going to cast aspersions on what exactly a shed-style house means. Because... A shed-style mansion, roof? Ian? Yeah, shed-style mansion. That's a good, <laughs> hexagonal shed-style mansion. A shed-style house, sure. It's... You know, a small shed-like house. Mm-hmm. Shed-style mansion, I am a little uh, curious about. Yeah, I don't know. And apparently a shed-style house, the only thing that separates it is just it's um, a single-sloped roof house. Oh, that's lame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Westwind. I've seen plenty of sheds that have two slopes. So when I say two slopes, I mean like, you know, sort of, it's like a, like the, when a kid draws a house, right? It's got like the two, that the, just the sort of triangle. Well, you said a shed style is, is one slope, right? Well, yeah, but it, it, what that means is that there's like sort of one slope plane. Or like there's, there's one, well, there's one slope angle. Like as opposed to a house where like, you know, you might have um, various angles of descent on any um, face of the roof. This is just like one sort of angle of descent. Oh, so it's a, it's, but it is still... Like like the there's still, like, there's still like, two faces to it. Oh, okay. I see. Okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have like gables or uh, multiple or like a place where it changes the angle or anything. It's just mm-hmm. one angle, but it can have two sides. John. Yeah, I, I agreed with you there, but what's a gable? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know. Gables are like the little things that come out with like a window. Some a lot of the time, I think, is a triangular portion of a wall between the edges of intersecting roof pitches. 
Huh. Also, Clark Gable. But I don't <laughs> think we're talking about him. <laughs> uh, having lots of Gables used to mean you were rich, I think, but now it's just like a thing that everyone has. Hmm. They're just like so just the things on your like roof the... that make it more interesting looking. So they're like, are they like the little the little outjutting portion at the yeah, basically. Wall? Okay, and you can just have like a lot of them, just like sort of stick them all over the place. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> just tack them on whatever angle you want, wherever. Because <laughs> I didn't put them. You know what, John? I've always thought that, um, like the the bot, like the places where where houses connect to the ground, like the foundation, is kind of dull. Just put some gables on that. <laughs> but anyway, I think I think you had a segue before I sort of segue into the segue. 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 <laughs> uh, today I was I was on Twitter and I learned that ASMR Darling refers to her fans as darlings. Oh, and I really like that. That's pretty good. It is good. I'm a fan. All right, so now are you ready for side quests, John? Yeah. Okay. Alright, cool. I'm ready for side quests. I've got a bunch. Oh, man. Um, so, uh, first of all, first off, I would like to talk about something that I had meant to talk about in one of our, like, early October episodes, <laughs> but I forgot to mention. Uh, there was, well, at the time that I originally wanted to talk about that, this, uh, there were recently <laughs> a, uh, but I guess at this point it was, like, a month ago. <laughs> That's still pretty uh, or recent. A little over a month ago, scheme. or it was really like probably a month and a half ago at this point. Um, there were a bunch of uh, sort of ASMR events in uh, Southern California that all happened in a short span of each other. Is that um, relating to the um, the like ASMR like live experience we talked about in an earlier episode? Uh, you mean uh, Whisper Lodge? Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, well, so I'm not entirely sure. So there were a bunch of different things that all sort of happened around the same time. I don't know whether or not they were related or if it was just a coincidence. Um, but, uh, yeah, Whisper Lodge, uh, ha- was set up in like LA, I believe, and did a couple of, uh, performances there, um, or sessions. I guess they refer to them as performances, but yeah, so, uh, Whisper Lodge was in LA for a little while. Um, Emma of Whispers Red was also in LA for a little while. I think she did a, uh, conference, a sort of like ASMR conference or like live performance sort of thing. Um, I don't know too many of the details about that, unfortunately. Um, oh, did we send any reporters? Uh, no, um, we don't have the, the finances for that. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, and also I, I found out about it, uh, pretty shortly before it happened. Um, I've never been to LA, and I'd, I'd like to go at some point. So, like, maybe if I'd known about it well in advance, I would have tried to like go out and then also just like visit LA. But I always figured that LA was one of those places that you can't really visit. It's like I guess when I imagine LA, I imagine that it's all basically a highway. I also imagine that it's all a highway. Well, I imagine it's a highway, and then I imagine there's beaches with a lot of like rude attractive people there are beaches self, in Los self, self-centered rude attractive people that's my understanding oh, hey, i don't know I mean, like, yeah huh it's like 
haven't you heard of like the LBC? No. It uh, is coastal. Well, I guess, Long I guess Beach, Long is Beach California is not technically in LA, is my understanding, but it's like uh, it's basically part of LA. It's almost. It's like, I mean, if it's not in it, it's like it's yeah, it, right it's, next to it. It's one of many towns that people refer to as being part of LA, despite the fact that it is like technically its own municipality, but it's basically LA. But yeah, there's Long Beach, the, like, and then there's like situation. Yeah, or Cambridge. Uh, for, well, no, yeah, no, the... Cambridge is very different. <laughs> okay cambridge england that is <laughs> yeah cambridge massachusetts uh though is totally separate from boston yeah uh totally disconnected no overlap no overlap you you would never confuse the two you would mm-hmm. never just sort of casually refer to cambridge as being part of boston not or... if you go to school there well it depends uh i think most people who go to school in cambridge make it very clear that they go to school in cambridge but there are a handful of people who i think are a little embarrassed about where they go to school Mm. as well uh, they should be if you're listening to this podcast and you go to a um fancy school you should be ashamed of yourself i agree we all make mistakes we all do bad things sometimes, but, you know, take a look at yourself in the mirror and really evaluate <laughs> what you're doing. I think my favorite part about podcasting, John, is the, the fact that I get to sort of occasionally reach out to the kids. <laughs> saying it's nice to know that i'm making a difference (laughs) um uh yeah so uh emma was in uh la um i think yeah uh emma i believe actually or emma of of, uh, whispers red i believe did something with whispers lodge at some point um but then i also saw that like I think a handful of other ASM artists who don't live in Southern California were in Southern California around that time, possibly related to those events, possibly unrelated. Um, so there were a bunch of ASM artists who like did collaborations. Um, uh, Emma uh, did something with Maria of uh, Gentle Whispering, uh, which um, they, they, so yeah, they did a collaboration together, which I watched, and I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I then I believe like. Um, I think I saw Heather Feather was doing some collaborations with someone, although I, I could be making that up. I don't recall exactly who she would have been collaborating with. Um, I think I also saw that uh, ASMR Glow and um, Cosmic Tingles were doing something together. That's a lot of big um, names. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I think there's just like a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of ASM artists who were in, L- in Southern California and uh, doing stuff. Do you think they were filming a movie? Um, and do you think there's a an ASMR movie or an animated movie featuring a bunch of ASMR artists coming out soon? Uh, yes, I believe that there is, and I am pretty confident that it's starring The Rock. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you they wanted a, a sort of big Hollywood name in there, too. They didn't just want it to be ASMR artists. They but wanted to sort of Vin appeal Diesel? to everyone. 
Uh, the Rock's really big right now. Everyone loves The Rock, and uh, so they just they really wanted Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I don't know if you're making a reference there that I'm not I'm not picking up or um, no, just just, just talking about The Rock. Okay, yeah, just talking about The Rock. I don't know. He's he's a very charismatic man. Uh, he is. Yeah, in a lot wrong. of movies, he's I don't know. He's a, he's a big Hollywood star. Um, Originally, I think. I I guess I I I did watch like a movie with him a couple weeks ago, but. Um, what movie, John? Baywatch. It's a movie. Yeah, there's a Baywatch movie. It's starring uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Zac Efron. Huh? Is it, is it like is it like the the Pamela Anderson Baywatch? Like all running across the beach in slow motion. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like a modern sort of action movie version of it. Uh, but yeah, it, it does. I believe have cameos by both pamela anderson is is it pamela anderson is she the oh she was i mean she was like the the, that was like sort of the uh, i'll admit i do not know much about baywatch i've Um, never seen an episode of one Uh, i think it was before my time it was was what early 90s was when that was on right yeah it's like pamela anderson running in slow motion um with just sort of all the all the ensuing um activity that would that would result from that yeah, so I believe that she, yeah, so she had a um a cameo and so did fuck what's his name? Um the so the, the, the Rock Johnson the, the man star of <laughs> of Baywatch. He's I wouldn't know. What was He was so, in the SpongeBob so, movie. Oh, that's going to whittle it down for me. Was it was it Patrick? No, Patrick no, he Star? like he he had a cameo as Squidward? himself in the Baywatch movie, or I mean in uh in the SpongeBob movie. Um, hmm. Shit, I don't remember, but yeah, it has cameos from the the cast of the Baywatch TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like a, a modern movie. Um, the thing that I thought was a little weird about it was that it's a movie starring uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Zac Efron on a beach. David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a movie starring Dwayne Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Zac Efron on the beach, and I felt like it was a movie (laughs) made for straight men. And yeah, I'm trying to cut out there, John. Give my review, and you're just laughing at other stuff. Well, John, here's my issue. So I was looking at the Baywatch Wikipedia page, and I was looking at the plot of Baywatch. Mm-hmm. And it is like the most robotic thing. I think Baywatch revolved around the work of a team of lifeguards and their interpersonal relationships, with plots usually centering on dangers related to the beach and other activities pertinent to the California, later Hawaii, beach lifestyle. Everything from <laughs> earthquakes and shark attacks to serial killers served as plot conflicts on the show. Saving people from drowning was one of the most typical situations used in the shows. I mean, it is Wikipedia. Like it's supposed to be mimicking encyclopedias. They but generally try to be pretty robotic. Pertinent to the California, later Hawaii beach lifestyle, John. That phrase. I mean, there. It's just. It's the style. It's the encyclopedia writing style. You gotta oh, that be factual. Particularly egregious. To it's me for some completely reason. objective. Completely objective. Saving people from drowning was one of the most typical situations used in the shows. That Would makes you, sense. So, given that it's a lifeguard of, show, 
Did that plot sort of describe the plot of the actual Baywatch movie, which you have seen? It's, uh, yeah, it, it's it's very strange. Um, they are very, very, like, unbelievably good lifeguards, and also unbelievably bad lifeguards. Oh, weird. Really? John, sort you of have, actually like, have been a lifeguard. You have first-hand experience in the exciting yeah, yes, world I do, of lifeguardry. I do. Yeah, um, so lifeguarding is very boring. Um, I think actually, I think if you do work at like a major beach on the West Coast, it is a little more exciting. Um, I worked at a pond and at a like small town pool. Um, in those scenarios, it is very boring. Uh, Were there leeches there... in the pond? What? Were there leeches in the pond? Uh, not that I'm aware of. There hmm. was, however, E. coli. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you successfully guard the people from the bacterial infections? Well, the beach got shut down, so I believe so. (laughs) (laughs) Was this under your watch, John? Uh, What? Was this under your watch? Uh, No, I think I, like, went away on vacation, and when I came back, the geese had visited the pond, and there was E. coli, thanks to the geese. And so it was just, like, shut down for a little while. And then I think they opened it back up for like three days, and then the E. coli, or the geese and the E. coli came back, and so then I think they just like shut it down for the season early that year. <laughs> Which I was fine with, because I fucking hated that job. Wow. Uh, yeah, lifeguarding's very boring. Uh, but in Baywatch, they are unbelievably good in that they like, can sense someone is going to start drowning like, way before it happens where there's really any sign of it. Like, there's one scene where The Rock notices that there's, like, a gust of wind. And he sees that there is a man who is, uh, like, windsurfing. Or, uh, no, kite kiteboarding. Yeah. Uh, and he knows that because of this gust of wind, that man is about to start drowning. And so he springs into action. And sure enough, this man... In sort of a Rube Goldberg-like scenario, gets like so like picked up by the wind, like a hundred feet into the air. Oh, jeez! Drops his kite, falls, hits his head on a rock, and then is like passed out in the ocean. And uh, you know, the rock is like basically already in the water rescuing him by the time oh, this has all gone down. Um, so in that way, they're unbelievably good. Uh, but then at the same time, they routinely leave not just their posts, but like the beach altogether in the <laughs> middle of the day to go investigate crime. Well, why are they investigating like... crimes, John? They're like, <laughs> exactly. Are they police officers or? No, they are just lifeguards who leave the beach completely unguarded to go investigate crime. What sort of crimes? Um, it's, uh, like, uh... Beach crimes, at least, or? Uh, no. (laughs) There's this woman who was, like, murdering people, and is also a drug lord, but I think it's all... I think the murder and the the drug trafficking is just to sort of service her, like, real estate goals... I think I think she's a real estate mogul at heart, but she's using murder and drug trafficking to achieve her real estate goals. I think she's trying to buy up the entire waterfront or something. And that's sort of how the lifeguards got involved. Um, yeah, well, there's, like, drugs show up on the beach a few times. 
And, and so there's like, well, okay, I guess we're going to have to take this, this kingpin down. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so, so, you know, on the one hand, that sort of sounds absurd. On the other, um, like you heard that story about how there were, you know, sort of some refugees, um, taking these, these little boats off and like, you know, sort of landing on the beaches and in, in various places, like, um, in Florida, right? There's like some people fleeing, uh, Cuba or something. Like people sort of trying to come over from Cuba on the little, little boats. And after that happened a couple of times, um, actually the, the lifeguards at the beach, um, they left and they successfully mounted um, an insurrection in Cuba and overthrew the government. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was sort of, that was something, you know? They did, unfortunately, they put in place like one of those sort of 1970s, 1980s, um, like banana republic type deals that we had going in like South America. So that wasn't great for anyone really, but... <laughs> You know, a lot of people tried. drowned because uh, the lifeguards <laughs> all left drowned, their posts. They were gone. <laughs> yeah, that was that was sort of one of the many issues. Um, Baywatch movie. Why, why did you see the Baywatch movie, John? It was on a plane. Oh, okay. Yeah, I it was like, well, I, I, it was one of the options that I like. I had several options, but I didn't want to watch anything like serious or heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, I'm sure this movie's going to have a lot of charisma. And hot bods. Mm-hmm. So, like... Did it. Seems like a perfect uh, thing for a movie. They did have a lot of charisma and a lot of hot bods. Um, On a scale... But as I was trying to say earlier, the thing that I thought was really strange about it was that it felt like a movie for straight men. Even though, like, it was starring Zac Efron and Dwayne The Rock Johnson on a beach. And, like... I feel like there's enough movies where I get to pretend that I'm bros with them and that they're like my friend and, you know, they're, they're giving me fitness tips and helping me work out. And that like the rock is being real supportive as I struggle to squat like half of what he can curl. Um, and you know, so like, there's already lots of that, but like when you put them on a beach, like I feel like that, like it should have been like, the next Magic Mike or something? I've not watched Magic Mike, John. But I think it's about strippers. Yes, Ian. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I have not. I haven't seen it either. But like, I would hope you know what it's about. Yes, it's, it's about male strippers. Mm-hmm. It's it stars Channing Tatum, uh, wearing not a lot of clothes in a lot of scenes and dancing sexy for the camera. And I felt like that's what Baywatch probably should have been. So it wasn't quite gay enough. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I like. I suppose it could maybe appeal to gay men. I, I was thinking that it like should have like... appealed to like straight women more. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, I guess that makes sense. Like, I feel like Zac Efron but and you've the got Rock. The two hot male leads together, right? Like, you know. No, I, I don't mean like. like them together like i just mean that like like i feel like both of them appeal to straight women a lot mm-hmm. and i feel like the fact that you have them on a beach that should have been your sort of target demographic but i'm just saying like you know if you if you have you know if you have one hot um person of of you know a particular gender it makes sense that the the movie is sort of appeal trying to appeal to people of the opposite gender if you've got two of them together though i feel like it's 
It's not, like, it's not like they're the only people in the movie. Well, but like, also, when yeah, they're how on many the movies... beach together, John, lotioning themselves up, uh, sort of lotioning <laughs> and... their, their unmentionables. Um... And how many movies have you seen that have one hot woman? Um, 17. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm guessing that you've seen a lot more movies that have many hot women. But right? not not many movies where, like, it is billed as these two hot women, right? Like, I, mean, there, I don't there think there it was like multiple, but there's like there's typically only one like billed hot woman in a movie that's trying to appeal to a to to a guy, right? Or like maybe there's a couple, but they're not. It's not like you have. Although maybe that just is is a function of um, female representation in Hollywood, but it's not. Yeah. It's not common to see like you know a movie that's got two female leads, right? Yeah, I feel like that's more just a function of the fact that... Yeah, you know, sort of now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, it's, I think my argument's sort of fallen apart. Um. Yeah, like, there's usually one female lead, but then there's, like, a million other hot women in the movie. Yeah. Oh, there's something about the fact that there's two male leads that just makes me think should be gay. Like Pineapple Express. <laughs> Um, so another side quest. <laughs> um, we're burning through these side quests, don't we? Sure are. We're making great time. Uh, this is what you can expect, uh, listeners, with these, uh, less frequent episodes. Well, here's the thing, is... Maybe we, maybe we keep these every other week recordings and we just split up the <laughs> We release them every week. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so we've got, uh... Uh, so I, I read an article titled, or uh, um, this article is from, or is on Kotaku. Uh, it is by Cecilia Donastasio, uh, and it is uh, titled, of course, There's Battlegrounds ASMR. So this article is about the fact that there is uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds-based ASMR. Uh, now... For listeners who are unaware, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is a video game. It is a uh, battle royale style video game uh, in which a bunch of players are dropped onto an island. They have to scavenge for weapons and armor, and then they all uh, try to shoot each other until only one person is left standing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very good game. Um, it is the, like, it's one of the most tense games I've ever played. Um, I've, I've never had more fun hiding in a room for 20 minutes, <laughs> just like jumping at every sound I hear, every distant gunshot, uh, than I have with, uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Uh, and so this article is about the fact that there are certain ASM artists, who have decided to make Player Unknown's Battlegrounds um, ASMR content, uh, and so it interviews some people, uh, a couple of ASMR artists who, um, or talk, yeah, talks about, and I believe it also interviews a couple of ASMR artists who make uh, ASMR or who make uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds ASMR videos, uh, as well as some, uh, I guess, more critical ASMR artists. Um, for instance, uh, it does interview. Uh, ASMR, or the ASMR nerd, who we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ASMR nerd is not a fan of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, 
uh, as ASMR content. He feels that it is too intense and too suspenseful, which I feel like I have to agree with. I haven't actually taken the time to watch any of these videos yet, um, but having played the game myself, it's so... There, there's just so much suspense. I can't imagine watching this and being able to like relax enough to have it trigger asmr for me it's like so so for those of you who haven't played it i suppose it would be sort of the the equivalent of if you heard that there's like the shining asmr Mm. well can't you imagine sort of jack like just sort of poking (laughs) his head through the door and it's like here i am (laughs) here's johnny <laughs> I hope now having a nice day. And, and, uh, yeah, I can I can imagine a lot of shining based ASMR. Oh, who's that? We've got poking head through the door. Rub. Oh, what a fun little Danny. Red. Rub. <laughs> oh, I'm opening up the elevator, John. Ding. Oh, what's coming out? Oh, it's a flood of blood! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all this blood is getting all over me. Oh, it's so slippery. (laughs) So yeah, I can totally see there being player unknown battleground uh, ASMR. Yeah, alright. Well, you know, it's a controversial topic, so listeners, uh, why don't you write in and tell us what you think of Battlegrounds, uh, or Play Our Knowns of Pubga, Plunkbat, ASMR. Uh, I also have read an article, um, f- from Fast Company by Christine Champagne. That's a great last name. It really is. I, like, I don't know if that's how she pronounces it, but it is spelled the same as champagne. Uh, what if you pronounce it champagne? Champagne. So Christine Champagne writes, or uh, has written this article, ASMR comes to Hollywood in Battle of the Sexes. Oh, uh, fuck. An article about the fact that the movie Battle of the Sexes, the tennis movie that came out recently, mm-hmm. uh, has a scene, or has an ASMR scene. Uh, apparently there's a scene in a barbershop, or I guess a hair salon, um, in which uh, the main character, uh, Billie Jean King, played mm-hmm. by Emma Stone. Not Billie meets, Joel King. Uh, no, no, not Billie Joel King. Billie Jean King mm-hmm. um, meets her, her future wife. Uh, um, shit, what's the name? Let me find it. Um uh Marilyn Barnett uh played by Andrea Riseborough. I don't think I know who she is. Um but it, it is a it's basically a uh one of those haircutting uh ASMR scenes but in the context of a movie. And apparently it was intentional. The directors were intentionally trying to create an ASMR feeling or huh. yeah, trying to trigger ASMR. Um but they were using it in sort of a, a romantic way or to trigger romance. I have not seen this movie. When I read this article, I thought, oh, I should go see this movie. 
and uh, see if this scene triggers ASMR for me. Um, but then I remembered that I, I don't actually go to the movies all that often. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I don't enjoy it, but I just kind of forget that I can. Um, and also, I, just, I wasn't really that interested in this movie other than that. So it was a good I, movie. I didn't see it. I oh, would was recommend it. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know, generally not a not fond of movies based on real events um but i don't know maybe maybe it's worth seeing i did not see the haircutting scene particularly as 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 i just like looking back on there's it's it is like a a pretty um close up like fairly intense haircutting scene i was mostly just sort of struck by the sexual tension between between the two of them yeah, so maybe a bit of a a misconception about what ASMR is then by the directors of that movie. I don't know. And I could have just also been not paying attention. Yeah. Um <clears throat> So I I also have a couple of um ASMR videos that I watched recently that I'd like to give a little bit of time to, but I'll try to get through these quickly. Um, I watched That ASMR Will Get You High, the little, uh, one of those face things, colon, close-up whispering and mouth sounds by Valeria ASMR. Uh, now I feel like, I feel like, uh, I don't think it got me high. I think that that was overselling it a little bit. I will say it was very effective in triggering ASMR though. It it was uh, a very good ASMR video. So I can't knock it too much for the sort of buzz marketing that it's trying to trying to use. Uh, I will say though, um, the the ASM artist here, she is wearing a a sort of strapless or not sort of she's wearing a strapless top. Um, and for the vast or for most of the video, uh, it is framed in such a way so that her her clothes are just below the camera. Which I found rather distracting, not so in like a sexual look way. Look like she was naked. Yeah, it, so it wasn't that I was like, "Oh man, I bet she's naked." Oh, like, oh, I'm so horny now. Uh, it was more just me thinking, like, I think she's wearing clothes. Like, she probably didn't record this naked, but like, I don't know. What's I just, I just want to. Uh, that ASMR will get you high. Close up whispering and mouth sounds. Like, I just wanted confirmation that she was in fact wearing clothes. Oh um, wow. Oh man, I'm, so I'm seeing it now, and yeah, I can I see where you're coming from here. <laughs> yeah, like it looks like she's naked for most of the video, and I just wanted confirmation that she wasn't. Um, I'm now at the beginning, like of the video, and you you can see just a little bit of her her mm-hmm. clothes, like so, right at the beginning where she ducks down under pretty but, fast. Yeah, but basically for the rest of the video, you don't know whether or not she's wearing clothes. So if you miss that first little bit, like you know, who knows. The answer is yes, she was wearing clothes, but mm-hmm. um, if you missed it, then you, you might just be asking yourself the whole time so sort of whether or not she's wearing clothes. The two answers to this are, one, um, she is wearing clothes, and two, will not get you high. Mm-hmm. But um, a very good ASMR video. But will get you ASMR, so you know, that's all you can ask for, right? It'd be yeah. sort of foolish to ask an ASMR video to, in fact, get you high. Um, if, yeah. If that's sort of your standard... Maybe you've got to reevaluate things. Yeah, maybe you should be looking for something else from your ASMR videos. Like, um, maybe you should be hoping for your ASMR to uh, trigger ASMR. And if that's what you're looking for, then I would recommend that video. Uh, I also, uh, 
It's illegal <laughs> in some places. And even in places where it's illegal, um, probably not that hard to obtain. At least within North America. Um, and when you're a sovereign certainly citizen, within the U.S. and Canada. Nothing's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are, of course, other ways to get high. Um, you know, there's... Um, Autoerotic uh, asphyxiation gets you high, from what I understand. Oh, yeah. Um, holotropic breathing, something I learned about recently that uh, gets you high. Um, there's uh, a lot of substances with sort of... Um, I guess, sort of questionable legal status, like peyote or um, uh, ayahuasca I learned about recently in a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. If you go back there's... in time, sodas will get you high, because they're all full of drugs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Good one. Um, if you... Certain medical treatments, they will uh, prescribe drugs uh, that will get you high or uh, may... Um, give you drugs for the treatment itself that will get you high. Um, you know, you've got a lot of options, so um, mm-hmm. I would recommend looking somewhere other than YouTube, though, if uh, if you are looking to get high. If you microwave banana peels, I don't think it'll get you high, but I heard that somewhere. Um, I think salvia is illegal now, but uh, if you have still have some of that laying around, um, mm-hmm. you know, you could use that. Some grandfathered so. in salvia? <laughs> <laughs> Bath salts! <laughs> I mean, so the the actual, drug... but not actual bath salts. Yeah, the, the the drug though. Yeah, the drug that's illegal, but the actual actual bath salts are legal. And I don't know, maybe they maybe they'll get you high. Probably won't, but you know, you could try. I wouldn't recommend it though. <laughs> Nor would I recommend using the drug bath salts. Yeah, we would recommend any variant of bath salt, unless you're trying to have a relaxing bath. Um, and even if you're trying to have a relaxing bath, maybe don't get the drug bath salts. I'm not sure that'll facilitate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are looking for a relaxing bath, I would recommend getting actual bath salts and using them as recommended by the packaging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, John, we're really we're really sort of dispensing the wisdom here today. We really are. I don't. I mean, drug education in school is is bullshit. But what we're dispensing here is is truth mm-hmm. and you know useful knowledge. So true. Not even once. That's right. Never use bath salts. Not even in a bath. (laughs) I never take a bath. You ever think about like, okay, it's one thing if you're like at a big old bathhouse or whatever you've got. You got one of these pools or hot tubs with like in their own little filter or something. If you're just taking a bath in your own bathtub, you're sitting in your own filth. It's true. Also, you can take a shower beforehand, and then it's probably fine. But unless you are like. Unless you're a child, um, you know, most baths are just not big enough. Most baths yeah. do not fit an adult. And unless you're a, a better adult than I, your bathtub is not clean enough that you'd want to take a bath in it. Which I suppose you could be a small adult. I feel like I, I, I know adults who probably could fit in a regular sized bathtub. I mm-hmm. certainly cannot. And I am not a particularly large person. I would say I'm a fairly average sized person. Uh, or I guess maybe an average sized adult male. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like an average-sized adult woman also would not fit in a bath. A regular-sized bath. Average-sized adult male, right? Is overweight, I think. Well, I am not overweight. Uh, Maybe I'm on top of your segue. Average of health. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, I just I don't I'm not sure this is the best time to bring it up, but I'm not sure it makes for the best recording environment. You should segue around inside (laughs) your apartment. 
just doing loops, just doing laps. <laughs> I've got the mic with me, you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, I guess it's how I, I get so my exercise, Ian. The um the recording quality really is much better than I would expect. Um, just yeah. given the situation, but wow. I, I I edit out all of the white noise and post too, so mm-hmm. the listeners just don't notice really. <laughs> they don't notice, but I sure do. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, it can be quite distracting. I I understand that, but it's mm-hmm. it's how I get well, my exercise. It's the, so for me, it's the worst boring. is when you actually you're not in your apartment, but you're segueing around like the city streets. Oh yeah, yeah. There's all the honking, and you're often you're often in the middle of traffic, right? Like you're yeah, yeah, and swerving in you and know out. those Boston people. They just they get so angry at the drop of a hat. You just you segue down a couple streets. You segue through a couple red lights. You mm-hmm. maybe are a little slower than the cars, and they just freak out. They're honking. <laughs> they're the yelling. <laughs> Yeah, there's you're police in, hey, sirens. The police are you're in got the their right megaphones lane, out. Okay, That's, you're not you're not in the fast lane. <laughs> Chill out. Yeah, I'm in the slow lane, officer. You can pass me if you want. I mean, I'm pretty small. <laughs> not even taking up the whole lane. God, jeez, Louise. So I've got a side quest for you, John. Yeah. By that I mean, I've done a side quest, and the side quest is I was looking through the ASMR subreddit, as I want to do, Okay, and came across an interesting discussion. Oh. And there was a post, does positioning make a difference for you? This is by Reddit user Yankee Samurai, who says, For me, I think ASMR is dependent on how my body is positioned. I hadn't felt any tingling for months. I thought I'd become immune. However, today, instead of listening to ASMR while lying in bed, like I usually do, I opted to listen to ASMR while sitting upright at my computer. The tingling has returned to full force. I suspect this has something to do with the lack of pressure on my scalp from the pillows. Anyone else relate? Any similar experiences? And several people have written in to say that they also experience changes in the frequency and intensity of ASMR um, based off of their body positioning. That's just something I don't think I'd ever heard of before. Yeah. I didn't really uh, consider that too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's somebody who says, like, I can't get tingles at all when I lie on my side, but if they're sitting up, it's much stronger. And it seems actually like a lot of these people, um, yeah, I think basically everybody that I'm I'm seeing in here, that if it affects them, it is that sitting up at the computer, just like sitting up in general, um, seems to strengthen the ASMR experience. Interesting. I'll have to try that. I usually watch ASMR lying down on the couch, though, not in bed, because I care about port or I care about good sleep hygiene. Mm-hmm. You don't poop uh, the bed. I also don't watch videos in bed. <laughs> don't watch the two important things of sleep hygiene: don't watch videos in bed, don't poop in the bed. That's right. <laughs> pee is fine because pee pee is sterile and it'll just evaporate away anyway. It's perfectly natural to pee in bed every night. selling you something. (laughs) Selling you those rubber sheets or whatever. (laughs) I actually use uh, super absorbent sheets um, (laughs) because it doesn't evaporate immediately and I don't want to be sleeping in a puddle uh, while while I'm waiting. So I I know you like those rubber sheets, but uh, Mm -hmm. for me personally, super absorbent is, is better. Well, I've actually, I've got this sort of new exciting thing where you, you, you ever saw, um, that, um, like super hydrophobic coating for stuff? 
mean, it's like yeah, you spray yeah, on like some sort of, of covering, you put a little bit of water, and it just sort of blasts off. I've got yeah. that just all over my bed. Um, so now when I pee in bed, um, oh, it just goes straight on the floor. <laughs> just sort of the the fun thing is because I've got it on both um like you know the sheets the the top and bottom sheets mm-hmm. and so it'll just sort of bounce around until eventually it just shoots off like the side <laughs> and almost like a water fountain. Oh wow! So I guess um, some of it ends up on the floor, some on the ceiling, some on the walls. Oh, most uh, just sort of blasts right into because by that point it's accumulated quite a bit of um velocity. Um, oh okay. Sort of like a like a fire hose almost. Oh wow! Yeah. It's unfortunate when the when the pellets sort of drill into my flesh, but <laughs> but you know it's, it's better than sleeping in a puddle. Dry sleeping environment. <laughs> <laughs> Although a nice thing about the um, super absorbent bedding would be like you know people will pay money for weighted blankets, and mm-hmm. here you're sort of providing your own weighting. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I like to do generally is you know a couple hours before bed I try to hold off on the peeing, uh, I try to save it up, and then you know. <laughs> Before I even get into bed, I just sort of, like, stand on top of it and just, uh, you know, <laughs> let it rip. Well, it's also so important, like, you know, a big thing that yeah, you'll hear is whenever you wake up, like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're dehydrated, right? Mm-hmm. And so people will say, oh, the first thing you should do then is drink some water. I say, you know, nonsense. The first thing you should do, you know, what's better, fixing a problem or preventing it to begin with? That's why before I go to bed, I drink eight full cups of water. <laughs> I find it really helps. Yeah, I, I keep up. two gallons of uh, of water near my bed at night, and you just sort of you know, because also you know sleeping can be sweaty work. You want to pour some water over yourself, sort of freshen yourself up. Oh, certainly, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah the the only problem I've, I I do occasionally have is um, sometimes I, I do find that I'll, I'll experience some chafing throughout the night. You know, sleeping with uh, these wet blankets. Um, and you know, I, sometimes I will just wake up with my, my skin just raw all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just, you know, you, you put a little, a little moisturizer on, you're good to go. Yeah. You just put on a couple, you know, a couple, uh, handfuls of moisturizer and you're good. Yeah. But John, I'm going to interrupt this. Yeah. Um, to bring out my second side quest. And this side quest is an oh. interactive side quest, John. Oh shit. Because someone on the ASMR subreddit has put out an ASMR research survey. Oh my. It is ten questions long, nine okay. questions long, and I'm going to go through it with you now. Are you ready? I am. Okay. ASMR is a physical sensation characterized by pleasurable tingling. It typically begins in the head and scalp. It is commonly triggered by soft or accented voices, personal attention, ambient sounds, or watching people work silently, among other things. This survey is intended to gather more information on this phenomenon and the people who experience it. Please only take the survey if you experience ASMR. Thank you! Uh, and that is why I waited for you to come around to take the survey, because I am unfortunately not legally allowed to. Um, <laughs> number one. When I listen to music, I like it to be loud. Uh, describes me very well, somewhat well. Does not describe me very well. Does not describe me at all. Uh, somewhat well. Okay. If I have to wait in a long line, I'm usually patient about it. And the same, you know, very well, somewhat well, not well. Very well. You're a patient guy. When taking a trip, I think it is best to make as few plans as possible and just take it as it comes. Um, I guess if we're going off of what I feel versus what I 
do than I would. Or yeah, no, I, I'd say it describes me. Wait, uh, the options are very well, somewhat well, not very not, well, not at all. Probably not very well. Okay. I usually like if I'm taking a trip on my own. Not that I do that very often, but when I do, I usually think like, oh, I'll just I'll sort of wait till I get there and see what what seems interesting, and then I get there and I'm like, fuck, I should have. I should have planned ahead. I should have come mm-hmm. up with something because I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I stay away from movies that are said to be frightening or highly suspenseful. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I guess um, not very well. If I were to so go to an amusement park, I would prefer to ride the roller coasters or other fast rides. As opposed to the boring rides, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I guess very well. Okay. I think you know my opinion on that. I do, yeah. how it must be exciting <laughs> to be in a battle during a war. <laughs> um, I mean, exciting, sure. Like, miserable and terrible and like, you're... Like, I'd probably shit myself, yes, but, like, it it would be exciting. Um, although, I guess if I'm going with, like, the spirit of the question rather than sort of the literal interpretation, <laughs> um, then I think I'd have to go with um, not at all. Hmm. If it were possible to visit another planet or the moon for free, I would be among the first in line to sign up. Um... I'd say not very well. Uh, well, again, I don't know the like. This is another. One. I'm not entirely sure what they mean because, like, if it's just the opportunity to like go visit, like, absolutely. But if it is, if I'm dealing with sort of the realities of like anything that is like like the, the reality of a trip to Mars at this point is you are probably going to like settle mars or to like be there for a long ass time mm-hmm. like it's gonna take you a very long time just to get there you're probably going to be there for a very long time like you're probably never coming back or if you do it's going to be like years before you do and you're going you're to be very isolated potatoes. you're oh, gonna have poop. to like abandon everyone you've ever known mm. so like you know, the sort of reality of what it would look like in the near future, no, definitely not. But if it was just like, oh, yeah, I'd like to take a trip to Mars and then come back and resume my regular life, then yes. Um, but I And I don't know which way the question is intending it. I don't know. Um, that's a good question. My... my... My interpretation would be, since the so I guess, like, you know, they also include the moon here, right? And the moon would not be a very difficult thing to mm. visit. That's true. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess in that case, then, um, somewhat well. Okay. I think it's best to order something familiar when eating in a restaurant. Um... Nah, I mean, I guess like I do tend to order a lot of things that I know I like, but I also like to experiment. So I, I'd say 
probably not super well. Like, yeah, I like to try new things. So, uh, yeah, somewhat poor or the, yeah. Here's the final question, John. Do you okay. or have you ever experienced ASMR? Yes, no, unsure of the question. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> if you're unsure of the question, you're really, you're really, I hope that if you're like you say no or unsure, it just sort of brings you right back to the beginning. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> I told you not to take this. It's very clear. So that was the ASMR survey, and that is posted on the ASMR subreddit five days ago by Clanders47. You can go and take that if you experience ASMR, or maybe if you don't. I guess that final question at the end... I mean, typically I'd think you'd want to have people who don't have ASMR take these yeah. things as well, so you can get like a baseline sample, but... That's uh, I what know. I would think, but uh, Not sounds 47. like bad science. Mm-hmm. And he says they, he would post the reasons um, for the questions when he's done with the study. Oh, okay. He's seeing how ASMR sensitivity might correlate with some personality traits, John. All right. I think well. there's some big five. <laughs> I guess we'll Open have to stay tuned and find out what's going on with that. <laughs> Neuroticism. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, so I did have a couple more videos I want to talk about. I'll try to get through them pretty quickly. Um, I watched Super Tingly and Relaxing Zombie Spa Manicure by Neural ASMR Roleplay, Halloween Special by Olivia's Kisper ASMR. Uh, this was a roleplay in which you are a zombie getting a manicure. Oh. Uh, and so she uses a sort of bloody hand prop. Um, I thought this video was a good combination of, like, effective ASMR and kind of silly Halloween fun. Let's so just a quick do little plug for that. Else continue to grow. Um, I, I guess so. How is uh, that we've also, but... uh, we, we've also got, uh, New Mike's Test Tingle Fest. I, I think drooling emoji? And then, <laughs> some, oh yeah, followed by some Z's. So I think it's like a sleeping drooly emoji followed by some, like, sleep Z's. Uh, brackets ASMR, close brackets, 12 triggers by Whispers Red ASMR. Um, I thought that this was a, a good video. Uh, she has like a bunch of different mics she's experimenting with and doing a bunch of different triggers. Um, yeah, I, I was, it was a solid ASMR video. Uh, and then finally, and John, we've got what was yes. the ASMR video of the week? What? The ASMR video of the week. Is that a subreddit thing? I don't know. It's it's the thing that we do, John. Every week, you you declare the uh, ASMR video of the week. I um, was unaware that I I was doing that. Wow, John. Well, as the person who's taken months of improv classes, <laughs> don't you feel competent to to do this time honored tradition? Uh, of course I do, Ian. No, I, I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just saying no here. I, okay. No I know I'm not supposed week. to, but I, I, I don't like your offer and I'm rejecting it. Okay. And scene. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm not that sorry. You don't, you don't think an ASMR video of the week would be fun? Um, it's not like, it's not like the best video of the week, right? It's not like we're ranking them. It's just the video of the week. I don't know if I like it. Hmm. Okay. I guess we could try it. I, uh, it it's too much pressure. 
Uh, yeah, okay. I think it's too much pressure is what I don't like about it. Okay. Uh, so finally, uh, the last video I wanted to mention is I watched Personal ASMR Sound Treatment featuring, or excuse me, feet, period, Whispers Red ASMR by Gentle Whispering ASMR. So this was one of uh, the video I alluded to earlier, which is Whispers Red and Gentle the Whispering collabo. collaborating. Um, I It was sort of... I had sort of mixed feelings about it, honestly. Um, I've definitely mentioned before how I am a, a fan of both of them. I think they are both uh, very good. Um, they are two of my favorite ASM artists. Um, but I, I actually find it a little strange having two ASM artists in one video. Um, Is it sort of like things are crossing that shouldn't? They're like different sort of canons? Um... Or I wouldn't say it's different canons. I would multiple. say, to a certain extent, it is weird. To, it is sort of like the, uh, things crossing that shouldn't. Um, in that, uh, generally, I feel like ASM artists sort of like exist in a vacuum almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas, like when you put two of them together, you have some sense of scale. Like I noticed that uh, Emma of Whispers Red was noticeably shorter than Maria of Gentle Whispering. Um, I don't know. If that's because uh, Maria is particularly tall or Emma is particularly short or maybe just a little bit of both. Um, but it was, it was just strange to, to note that there was, that they, that there was a size difference, that there's some sort of tangible size to them, I guess. Hmm. So I am just so sort of used to them existing in a vacuum. Um, but really the, the strange thing about it was it's, it, it's sort of like, um, if you ever go to like the doctors and there is like a new person there who's like in training or something. And so you've got like two people observing you together and like the person who knows what they're doing is sort of like point given pointers to the other person. And like you sort of to like a certain extent sort of feel like they're talking about you in the third person, like you're not there. Uh, and it's like just a little weird, a little off-putting. Just like both uh, of these ASM artists are sort of in on the, they're in on the secret or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's like it, it, it definitely had a similar feeling to when you have two medical professionals looking at you at the same time. And they're like they're like, both holding your balls at once when you're coughing. <laughs> and there's just something about that which, to me, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, I I don't feel that weird about it. I, you know, anytime they ask me like, oh, do you mind? I'm like, oh, no, sure. It's fine. But it is just a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think I, f- I felt the same way about about this. Um, but over, it, it also was like pretty effective. I mean, they're both very good ASM artists. And um, I mean, they did some, some good stuff. Uh, but I think I on I think I, I prefer their solo work. Okay. Well, with that, John, I'm going to crown that as the ASMR video of the week. I <laughs> see. <laughs> I think I'm okay with you declaring one the ASMR video of the week. Okay, but you uh, after I talk about like the one. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'll talk about them, and then you can declare one. Afterwards. <laughs> well, that's what we've always done, John. <laughs> yeah, as we have always done, as is tradition. Mm-hmm. See now, now I'm agreeing. Now that uh, all the pressure's not on me. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, I'm I'm willing to accept that crushing burden. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for the main quest. Ah, oh, the um, main quest. And boy, John, I've saved up a lot of things to talk about with this main quest. John, I haven't saved up anything to talk about. <laughs> 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 How long have we been going? So long. Oh my god, John. Um, How did this happen? Listeners, uh, I know this is a new format we're trying out, and, um, you know, it's a bit of an experiment, and we're, we're looking for feedback. Um, I think we're going to have to cut this I think this I preempt John. some of the feedback. I think this one was a little too long. I think we're going to try to be a little shorter in the future. How about I had so many good observations? <laughs> I'm really glad we got all that helpful and important, relevant discussion about sovereign citizens. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, to be fair, John, I think if we wind back the tape, I think that was only the first, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't know what the next hour and a half were. I don't either. <laughs> was, we went into segues a lot. Yeah, holy shit. So we spent probably 20 minutes talking about Baywatch. <laughs> Fuck. God oh, damn. Boy. I don't know uh, that it was bad. I don't either, I mean, but I do know that it's gonna suck to, like, edit and listen to this later. Yeah. I think it's gonna have to be two pieces. Yeah, but, like, what's the theme? But it's also gonna be so weird to, like, early on be like, we're recording, or we're releasing them every other week now, guys. Oh, wait, we're releasing it every week still because we recorded for so long. Oops, we recorded one episode that was so long, we're gonna have to release every week for the next year and a half. I'm sorry. <laughs> part, part 68. Oh god, I've been so tired this week too, and I've been thinking, like, I really need to go to bed early. But, oh man. Ugh, well, if it, if it helps you out, I really don't feel like I have that much to talk about in relation to this article. I guess, honestly, I'm not sure that I do either. Uh, so our, our main quest this week, listeners, was Why Is My Brain Tingling by Deirdre Sackett uh, on Scientific American. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as we were discussing earlier in this episode, as I'm sure you all remember by now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> most... you know, or in the past episode, it's unclear. <laughs> at this time to us yeah. maybe it was last week's episode maybe it was earlier this episode uh we were talking about how one of our motivations for going to the every other week recording is the fact that there's not really all that much new or there aren't really like many new articles coming out about asmr there's not that much new stuff about asmr and most of the time when you like you do find a new article at asmr it's just sort of a rehash of everything else. It's just, what's ASMR? Yeah, this is another... Funny, like, as you were making that point, I was uh, sort of thinking, you know, that really seems to describe this article. I was also um, thinking that. Yeah. I will say, so you know, um, this was written by a graduate student, um, of a neuroscience grad student. It was in Scientific American. So I think all mm -hmm. that's good. You know, it's nice that it's getting sort of more more and more mainstream media attention. But boy, oh boy, there wasn't really any um, anything, any novel observations in this work. I used to, so she, um, Deirdre Sackett, the, the author of this piece, she talks a little bit, so that, you know, she goes to like the mirror neuron thing, which I've always thought was pretty unconvincing. Um, and the, like the body map idea. Ah! Uh, special guest, special guest on the podcast! 
Oscar Singer has burst in. I just um, wanted to give you some ASMR. Oh, thank you. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. One of Ian's uh, roommates okay, is just... I assume it's a roommate. It is. Well, no, unfortunately. I don't know who it is, but he's gone now. <laughs> okay. Um, that was a home... Well, you ever hear about um, people getting swatted on, like, Twitch? Yeah. Uh, that's a terrible, horrible thing that happens. Yeah. I think it just happened I don't think it really happened. Wait, what? I think that's sort of what happened to me. I think one okay. of our listeners sort of called the SWATs. And... Uh, I, I think luckily swatting uh, didn't really happen that many times, and I think it's pretty much died out entirely. Well, I think is... it would have to when people realize, like, oh, if I get caught doing this, it's like, it's a major crime. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I will go to jail for this, because it is, it is a very big crime. Because, uh, you know, it, it could definitely result in a death. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I mean, you know, SWAT. It's, it's a it's a limited resource SWAT team. It is a very expensive prank that uh, could kill somebody. Yeah, so we're gonna come out. I'm I'm gonna come out here I, as a sovereign citizen. Of course, I am above all laws um, and and principles of decency. But uh, come on, guys, let's not go swatting people. <laughs> but yeah. So the so the sort of. I guess um, the author here proposes two different mechanisms by mm-hmm. which people experience ASMR. The first yeah. is um, something called the the uh, somatosensory cortex, a strip of brain tissue, which is essentially a body map where different areas in the somatosensory cortex sort of correspond to sensations in different areas of your body. And the idea is that well, maybe what happens with ASMR is you're getting crosstalk between the auditory cortex, which processes um, sound, and this um, the somatosensory cortex. So it's possible that you're sort of experiencing sounds. Yeah, um, this one actually did sort of speak to me. Um, as someone who is not a neuroscientist and doesn't know anything about neuroscience, just uh-huh. the way that it was described did sort of make sense to me with what I experience. Um, or I guess... Made sense to me with like about half of what I experience, I suppose. Mm. Um, like sometimes I experience, or sometimes my experience, or my experience with ASMR is more is sort of like a tingling in like my spine and my back, and um, it is or like I guess the more intense experiences that are a that encompass more of my body. Uh, this doesn't really make sense, but for some of the like more subtle and minor uh experiences um like sometimes if i'm watching like a mic brushing video or something where they're like brushing from like one side of the mic to the other i do sort of like experience this tingling sensation that goes from like one ear sort of across the top of my head to the other ear like i am sort of feeling like the path of the sound essentially Mm. so for like some of my more mild asmr it does sort of meet this description of like feeling the sound or feeling like the the path of the sound Uh um but then for the sort of more intense asmr experiences where it does sort of expand beyond what you might associate with like the areas that the sound would be occurring uh it doesn't really make so much sense to me Hmm. Uh, okay interesting yeah. yeah And then the, the second thing was this idea of um, mirror neurons, where we've all got mm-hmm. mirror neurons in our brain, which um, basically reenact um, things that we see other people doing. And the idea is that this is useful in terms of social reasoning and social learning, um, and that it can sort of 
uh, subtly affect us. And like, if you see people doing relaxing things, that means that you might also relax. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't really, I mean, well, the, the, the nice, because the one, you know, sort of odd thing about ASMR is that it appears that it is in fact a sort of, it's not, I mean, maybe there's some sort of spectrum element to it, but it does appear to be a sort of binary thing, right? Where there are people who experience ASMR, there are people who don't experience ASMR. Right. Um, and so it seems like with, with mirror, like, you know, everybody's got mirror neurons. Everybody's sort of working on that level. So why would it be that, um, that it's in this, in this subset of people you see? Oh, it's, it's not, it's not clear, like, you know, the tingling sensation, like there's a relaxation component, which, okay. You see someone relaxing, maybe you relax. Like, where does the tingling enter in? I don't know. Yeah. This one also, it didn't really seem to make as much sense with sort of my experiences of ASMR either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and they, they talk about the connection to Frisian. She goes over the the three studies that have been done. <laughs> yeah, in this area, it's a it's a perfectly fine article. I'd recommend yeah, it. So I, I, I um if you yeah, haven't read I, any of these before. It, it definitely does rehash a lot of things we've talked about before. I thought that it was still worth reading as a um uh or doing as a main quest. Uh, partly because it's just hard to find things to do for the main quest, but also <laughs> I do think that it was a higher quality article than a lot of the other ones we've seen. I think it went into a little bit more depth about a lot of topics. Um, it seemed a little more scientific than some of the other ones we've read. Um, so I do think it was worthwhile. Yeah. Um, uh, I, mean, I, think, I think we've probably, we've probably done an episode about like basically this exact survey thing before. Yeah, we have. And there's probably a higher quality version of that. Yeah. Um, it just unfortunately is what we can. Also, it's pretty recent. October 25th. Yeah. Yep. I did also want to uh, mention that Professor Craig Richard of ASMR University fame uh, is quoted many times throughout this article. So, you know, our our arch nemesis is yet again just one step ahead of us, you know? I don't think that, uh, I don't remember getting any emails from Deirdre Sackett. Uh, Did she reach out to you, John? Uh, she did not, you know. He's just he's just one step ahead of us every time. Overlooking you know? the premier podcast about ASMR that's not ASMR University podcast. Yeah, uh, I think our podcast goes out a lot more often than ASMR University, and yet you mm-hmm. know, we're just not and getting the gonna, same level of recognition. It's a lot longer too, from what I can <laughs> I can see. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um. Maybe you cut out like all the all the tangents and whatnot, and you sort of group those up into the another episode. We have to have the main <laughs> episode and the tangent episode. <laughs> oh, that sounds like so much effort. It really does. Yeah, I'm also um, not sure that like how well the f- thoughts would flow if I did that. I think it would be very jarring to listen not at to. All, yeah, it's uh... a <laughs> not that it's not know. jarring as it is. <laughs> John, what do you mean jarring? There's a there's a very natural progression to all of this. If you can uh, find the um, sort of pattern of progression, tweet at us at ASMRQuest. <laughs> oh, there were also two um, videos mentioned early in uh, this article uh, that Deirdre references as sort of the uh, videos that sort of first introduced her to ASMR. Uh, the first is Virtual Barbershop Audio Use Headphones Close Your Eyes by Lovely Virus, uh, which is a um, an impressive audio work, uh, as the title screen tells you, uh, where they are just sort of showing off sort of 3D binaural sound 
and how they can create a uh, the impression of a barbershop in a 3D space using uh, 3D audio. And it is very well done. Um, mm-hmm. uh, even outside of like ASMR, I would definitely say uh, it's worth checking out just to kind of like just because it it is a well done uh, uh, audio experience. And then the other one is a gentle whispering video. It was such a good 3D sound ASMR video. Um, and as you might expect from Gentle Whispering, it's a good ASMR video. Mm-hmm. Always putting out that quality. Exactly. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us for this episode of ASMR Quest. You can reach out to us on Twitter at ASMR Questing. Nope, shit. Excuse me. <laughs> Let me rewind a second. You can email us at asmrquesting at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at asmr underscore quest. And we would love it if you would give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Or Amazon. Um, If you can find a way to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, we would appreciate it. Uh, But once again, thank you for joining us this week. Thank you. And stay tingly. Man, I I was gonna like have some sort of some sort of distraction, some sort of segue. But I just I'm just exhausted, John. I just <laughs> don't too, have yeah. it in me. <laughs> me too. I left it all on the court today. <laughs> <laughs>